Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Pastor Michael Cox teaches on week three of Vision Month, Live True. All right. Now, we want to try to give you time. Turn this off. I said that last week, and I didn't give you time. Went over a little bit. Hey, at Planned Parenthood, the church at Planned Parenthood, I preached in 19 minutes. Come on. I think y'all should be proud of that. Some of y'all are like, we're not proud of that. It just makes us matter. <laughs> Why are they special? They didn't get as much as y'all get. <laughs> Come on. Every week. I mean, you got all pretty and dressed up. I figured I should give you as much as I can while we're here. Uh, but we do want to give you time today to sign up for serve teams. Also, We've put back out the life group signups. That's good because there's twice as many people here today. We keep growing back up, you know, as we are overcoming um, everything that would try to hinder us. So that's awesome. So the life groups, as you exit right in front of the flower beds, you, you know where the flower beds are. They're dirt beds right now, Okay. But there's a table on each side, and we've spread those out, okay? So all the life groups that were out last week are there on those tables. We also actually have added a couple life groups this week. And so you, if you looked at them all last week, you may want to look again, all right? If you looked, you shall remain nameless. But if you looked at all of them and thought we were just supposed to look at them, and did not see the sign-up sheet, like a few people did. Um, there is a sign-up sheet that you can sign up to there. I love it. Somebody said, I didn't know we had to sign up again. I signed up one time. I thought I was in that life group for life. <laughs> you are. I mean, you just show up, okay? But it's cool if they know you want to come again, okay? So <laughs> sign up again. That helps in their preparation for their group and to make sure you're, you don't miss anything and they get you on whatever type of communication they're going to do. Uh, so do that. And then under the tents um, are all the serve team opportunities, okay? And I'm excited that there are several new serve teams out there. And I'm excited that there are several new serve teams that are doing things outside of this building. Super excited about that, okay? So go out there and sign up. That's, that's going to be our altar call today, Okay. And so do that. Um, one last thing. We, it, it's not on here because I didn't tell them to put it on my announcements, but I just want to mention because I just think all of our people should be at this. This was like one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Um, we ministered at Planned Parenthood, um, and we didn't pick at Planned Parenthood. We worshiped at Planned Parenthood. We loved at Planned Parenthood. They're closed when we're there. We're not interfering and in, and in, in casting shame on anyone. We're, we we just literally loved on um, just a snidbit of what took place. Um, there was a moment in prophetic worship. Jahan began to just sing prophetically over Planned Parenthood, and we were singing the song, um, "The Father's House." And when he's in the room, and we began to just declare over every room in Planned Parenthood that he's in the room. 
and that his love is in the room. We sang over moms even, not just, Lord, stop them, but, Lord, let them know your love even on their way out, that their story's not over. We're rewriting it. And so I'm, I'm super excited about the ministry that took place this month, and um, they've asked our worship team to come back every single time that we can and be and lead worship. And so the 16th, the 16th, that's the Tuesday after Valentine's Day, the 16th of February, we'll be at Planned Parenthood again. I think it's from 6 to 7. And, uh, man, I got a call the day before. He asked me to speak. We were just talking, and I, I was just passionate. And he's like, dude, you need to just share that tomorrow night. And I was like, okay, bro, I will. And uh, he told me 10 minutes. I bartered. I got 19. I mean, I got 15, and then I went 19. But it's a good thing. It's okay. He said it was good. All right? He said it was good. He said it was a God thing. So we're all right. We didn't break too many rules. But the 16th, okay, and then they'll have another one in April. Our team is actually going to Spokane, Washington, which is the first place that they ever had a church at Planned Parenthood. Our worship team is going in March to lead worship at that Planned Parenthood, uh, flying to Spokane, Washington. So super, super, super excited about that. And so God is uh, really just challenging me. He spoke to me at the beginning of the year. I really believe that I may be gone one Sunday a month this year. God is just calling us to um, just be a global voice and share what uh, God is speaking to us and revealing to us. And so um, it's really awesome. He's opened doors already for a couple of months uh, here in the beginning. And so um, it's going to be awesome. And I thank you for y'all's continued uh, release to, to be who we believe God's called us to be and not only impact this church and this community, but the nation and the nations of the world. Amen. And so I believe that's what, what God's called us to do. And so I'm, I'm super excited. So today is the last Sunday of Vision Month. I'm fighting a sneeze. <laughs> that's good because I haven't been able to sneeze since I had double pneumonia. For some reason, I can't sneeze. Right when I go to do it, it just shuts it off like that. So if, I, if you ever hear me sneeze, just praise the Lord for me. Just say, look, he just sneezed. What a miracle. He got his sneezer back. And so this is our last Sunday of Vision Month, and it's Live Truth. You remember we wrote it out in big block letters, like Habakkuk says, write the vision in big block letters. We tried to keep it simple, stupid, the KISS method, right? And so we did that. And then I like to even make it more simple because I like things simple. So I drew stick fingers, right? Y-M-C-A. So we do love God. Come on, everybody. Love God. Just, I mean, you just got to love God, right? Look, we're, half, we're, we're getting there in our vision. I see it right now. Look at these disciples loving God, just loving God. I love uh, Tim Hawkins. He, he has a bunch of different positions, you know, like touchdown. I don't remember all of them. Fish was this big, carry the TV, you know what I mean? He's just got all these different degrees. So you just worship. It's okay, okay? If you're this, we'll take it, all right? We'll take this, 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 you know, Anything, anything, we'll take it. We'll take this, I guess, you know, whatever. Just be here and worship. And then we're going to love people. 
You get, it takes your neighbor to do that. Oh, goodness. You can't touch your neighbor. I forgot. <laughs> Just pretend you're touching your neighbor, but don't unless you're married to them. Married couple. Woohoo! Good to have the Snyders with us today, the newlyweds. Woo, yeah! It's always exciting to see people come back to church after they get married because I don't know if I'll ever see them again. You know what I mean? <laughs> Me and John didn't want to leave the house for two months. Y'all are doing good. Proud of y'all. <laughs> she is laying on him, though. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. Just come on in here. It's all right. We love it. We love it. Be free. Live truth. I should put a phone because nobody carries a Bible anymore. I should just put a phone, right? I don't like the implications of that, though. So we just want to do these things. So we provide worship encounters to people, help people have a genuine encounter, destroy strongholds and speculations that have caused them to distance themselves away from God. They've got to know how much God loves them. You know, we say it all the time. We believe that our love for God is directly proportionate to our revelation of his love for us. And so that's part of our mission. Life groups, love people. Man, we just, that's our core way of connecting. We learn to love others as we practice with these people that aren't too bad. You know what I mean? Look around. They're not bad. So we practice on them. And then there's some weird ones here, too, and they'll help you. They'll stretch you, right? You know what I mean? If you can't think of the weird ones here, you might be it. You know what I mean? If you're like, wait, there's nobody weird here. It's probably you. You're probably Uncle Freddy, you know? It's okay, though. We love you. Grab their hand. We love them. All right? Live truth. You see it branches out in your home, in your church, in your workplace, that could be your school too. And so, you know, we can't solve all the world's problems. We can't perfect all of these things in your life. Getting in a life group is not going to make you love people. You could go to a life group and still hate them all. <laughs> but we're not miracle workers. We're just trying our best to put you in position to be obedient, right? Put you in a room full of people and hopefully... You'll love them at the end of the six weeks, six months, whatever these things are we do. All right? And so serve teams, we can't make you serve other people, but we can challenge you and prod you and try to get you to plug in something that we have here. Obviously, as much as a blessing as it is for you to work in the parking lot or open doors and serve people, serve coffee, work in the kids, pray in the altars, care team prepares meals and does all kinds of wonderful things. I know I'm, there's tons of them, and I'm not going to be able to name them all. But as much as those things are awesome, obviously, that's not the pinnacle of what God wants you to do with your life. You know, you can't say, well, I work. We've done that for a lot of years. People have said, well, I, I attend church, and I'm a deacon. I'm an elder. I serve. I blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Your wife says you're a jerk. Uh, your husband says you're mean. Your kids say you aren't very compassionate. So you see what I'm saying? This is not a ticket to get out of, well, I serve there, so I'm good. Obviously, there's so much potential in all of us to serve our homes and our families and 
your sphere of people. Everyone here represents a home. Everyone here represents a workplace or a school that I may never step foot in. And that's what we really have to impact or we're doing nothing as a church. So these opportunities that we try to facilitate here, we're just trying to stretch you, grow you. Where those other, when those other opportunities come, you're like, yes, yes, yes. I've got outside of my box at church. I've got outside of my box in my serve team. I've joined with other believers. And so that's, that's what we try to do here, okay? So for you to live truth, last week I said I wasn't going to read off the website. I'm going to read a little bit off of it today. We believe freedom comes from living a life in line with the truth of God's word. If anybody doesn't know, I feel like I need to make a disclaimer. If you think I'm dying, I'm not. I'm just not 100% yet in my lung recovery from double pneumonia. But man, if you saw me a few weeks ago, I'm doing really, really, really good. Okay? So just keep praying for continued lung expansion. I'm working my little, what is that thing called? That incentivizer, that spirometer, that's from God, but some days feels like it's from Satan. <laughs> but it works. It's helping me, okay? All right? <clears throat> because of this, Redemption Life Church presents God's words in creative, relevant, and understandable ways. We believe if you're going to live truth, we're going to tell it to you in a way that you can, it makes sense. It's hard to do something you don't understand. So we want to communicate God's word. Sometimes we probably don't do the best job of making it make sense because we call February, September, and we get tongue-tied sometimes up here, all right? Helps you discover paths to apply God's word to your everyday life. How many people have heard God's word, heard God's word, heard God's word, but you need to know how to apply God's word. Hopefully, we give you tools to apply God's word, practical application, Instead of just great one-liners that you can repeat. But we want you to apply God's word to your life. Gives the Holy Spirit liberty in our services to lead us into all truth. As much as we want to teach, much as we want to try to communicate the word, we want to leave room for the Holy Spirit who is the revealer of all truth, right? To reveal truth to us. And so we really strive to do that here. And we commission you to actively live truth by serving our body and community. Okay, so we are shameless in our attempts to get you to plug in because we know, I mean, this isn't what I was going to do today, but I don't have a lot of time, so let's do this again. This is becoming a trend. Let's just close this, all right? Let's just go to John 4. Do you know that the passage that says that it is... Not you say it's four months into the harvest, but I say that the fields are white and ready. How many people have heard that your whole life and it's been presented in a way that is a somewhat of a condemning or chastising way that you need to get off your bahoonie and get out there and evangelize? Because we need to get people saved. How many people have heard it talk that way? Raise your hand. I just want to see, man. I just want to see if I was right. Okay, yeah. It's 
so I've heard it that way. <clears throat> Do you know this is the same passage where Jesus says that my ministry to the woman at the well filled me and fed me. So he's not just saying, do more, do more, do more, do more. He's saying, get more, get more, get more. He's literally saying, I have food that you know not of. And let me tell y'all something. If you, want to let, if you want me to let you in on this, you say it's four months into the harvest. You always have a reason for putting off receiving what I want to get to you. You're living a life that's less than wondering why. Dude, I'm, I'm checking the boxes, man. I'm going to church, man. I read my Bible. Man. I do, this, do some of this stuff. But the stuff you're doing is not coming out in how you're living. You're just checking boxes. But if it will ever come out of how you're living. See, he also said, told her that if you drink of this water, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd drink of this water and you'd never thirst again. And then he says it'll become like a river of living water out of you. Right? And so this is this feeling of giving and serving. And that's living truth. If you study the word, if you let the word study you, if you take it in and you let and you wear it, let it wear you like a glove, what will end up being the outcome of your life, you can't separate living truth from serving others. That's just what it'll look like. Because the word became flesh and walked among. In the beginning was the word, and the word was. God and the word was with God, okay? And then you see in, I don't know, all this is in John, and it's a little bit later you see that the word put on flesh and walked among us. So what was the word? Jesus. Jesus. And then Philippians 3, I believe, says, Let this same mind be in you that was in Christ, who thought equality with God was not something to be clung to, but became obedient, humbled himself, even unto death, death on a cross. He humbled himself and he served. That's what the word did. That's what the word does. So if the word is in us, and if the word makes transformation in us, what we will look like is servants. Let me end, let me close and let me open this just to, just to close real quick. Because <clears throat> I'm going to try to be done at 12 and give you all some time to go out and sign up. <clears throat> the last thing, John chapter 13. Now Jesus, verse 3, was fully aware that the Father had placed all things under his control for he had come from God and was about to go back to be with him. So Jesus, in a moment of clarity of how fully he was empowered by God, knowing that the time that he had to humble himself 
and be obedient even if it was coming to an end. And then that thing that he released that he did not cling to, he was going to be restored to. In that moment, in that moment, he could have preached the most powerful fireball message to the disciples about their authority. Right? I mean, guys, whoa, I am, oh, I'm so powerful, and you can be so powerful, and you're going to be so powerful, and let me tell you about your power, and let me tell you about all the things you're going to, you're going to cast out devils, you're going to do all this stuff. But in the moment that Jesus was fully aware that the Father had placed all things under his control, and he was about to go back from him, verse 4, so he got up from the mill, took off his outer robe and took a towel and wrapped it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' dirty feet and dry them with his towel. That's what serving looks like. The greatest power we can ever have. I don't care what kind of powerful service we have. I don't care what kind of manifestation of the spirit we have. I, 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 I long for the power of God to rest on us in such ways. Like this Shekinah glory came into the temple. I long for the day when all of, all of us can do is just lay in the floor. Under his glory. I long for that. But the reason I long for that is because I long for what those type of encounters will produce in us. That's what I long for. Because I know if his presence rests on us like that, we will leave this place and we will change this city. We will change this city. And you know, when it rests on us like that is when we are hungry to change the city. When he finds a people that says, here we are. Not, Lord, we want your stuff on us. But when we say we want to sense that fully empowered by the Father moments so that we can experience that wrapping that towel around our waist moment and that we can see the crap washed off of people's feet because you know that's what it was the disciples the people they all shared the path with the animals so when people would come into your home you didn't want them to come into your home without washing their feet because they had poopy all over their feet and there's people in the world man that have poopy all over their feet their life reeks their life is discombobulated and disgusting and they think there's no hope and we have the opportunity to wrap a towel around our waist by giving them a box of food and wash a little bit of that off. And you have an opportunity outside of this church in your home to wash your children's feet off, to wash your wife and your husband's feet off, to wash your colleagues at work's feet off, to wash your other students at school's feet off. And as soon as you want to do that, He will empower you. I've always said God's a good businessman. He proves it with the parable of the talents. And the mina. 
if you're going to bury it, if you're going to come to church every week and want to experience it, but that's it, he's not going to pour it on your life. But if you're one that says, I'll take whatever you give me, and I'll let it empower me, and I will leave this place, and I will wrap a towel around my waist, and I will serve people so well. that their lives will start to smell different. <laughs> and be, their lives will start to be transformed and changed just by the love of God that oozes out of me, a river of living water that flows out of me that causes them to never thirst again. You guys know that we are the carriers of that. We are the light of the world. He said, I'm the light of the world. Now he says, we are the light of the world. He said, if you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. Now he says, we've got a river of living water that flows out of us that people can partake of. So we've got to serve. I was going to give you a cute little eight, eight things that serving does for you. So, man, it's not four months into the harvest. I hate to piggyback from Planned Parenthood service, but I just see Gideon. You know, the Israelites would plant their crops. Then right when the crops would come up, the Midianites would come and they would just take whatever they wanted. So the Israelites would hide in caves. And they would eat their food in hiding, whatever they could salvage. Gideon was threshing wheat in a cave when the angel of the Lord spoke to him. That's what the churches looked like for a long time. The world got dark, so we built us a cave, and we hide in it. And we feed each other till we get mad, and then we say, I can't get fed there anymore. But we feed each other. Honestly, this ain't where you come to get fed. You need to be able to eat yourself. This is where you come invigorated because you've been eating and you come here and we train you. That was in my notes today, but I, I don't come here for y'all to pay me and watch me work. Y'all pay me to make you work. Because that's what pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, that's the work of it. It says to empower the saints to do the work of the kingdom. So all the functions that are happening in the church are instituted by God to empower and equip you guys to work. We've messed it up so bad. We come in and pay our tithes and say, hey, guys, work. I'm ready to receive something today. Work. I know nobody here thinks that way. Here, I'm just saying some people do. But we do forget sometimes that we come here to get equipped and empowered to work. And so I'm shameless when it comes to vision month, when it comes to challenging you to get in life groups. I just say, if you aren't going to get in a life group, you're literally just leaving half of what you should be getting from coming to this church on the table.
I'm just not that kind of person. Damon Thompson always says, I wasn't a sipper in the world, and I ain't a sipper in the kingdom. I wasn't either. I was never a sipper. I was a guzzler. And I ain't going to be a sipper in the kingdom. I'm going to be a guzzler. Told y'all before, I'm going to get mines. And mines is out there in the harvest that's not four months away. It's ready right now. It's at the gas station. It's at Wendy's. It's at Taco Bell. John tells me all the time, you make people uncomfortable where you go, trying to talk to them too much. Well, I'm trying to get some food. I don't care if they're a royal king or not. But if you're weak and anemic, and you feel like somebody comes in and takes your food all the time. Maybe it's because you're positioned in a place of hiding and poverty and victim and thinking you're supposed to just, you were never, they stole your food, but you were never supposed to be dependent on that little bit of food. You're supposed to be having enough food. You can say, hey, many nights, y'all want some of this? I got enough for everybody. There is no lack. Glad y'all saying that in the Father. We are not orphans. We are sons and daughters. John gave, uh, the Lord gave John that song years ago. And it's just been a, a, a motto for us. Been prophetically spoken many times. Lack will not be your problem. And I'm so thankful to say throughout a pandemic, throughout everything, lack has not been our problem, Redemption Life Church. There's been increase on every hand. So many people had one of the best years they've ever had. And those that may not have had the best year they've ever had, they've been faithful and they've sown in the middle of what's seemingly being a lacking year. So they have treasure laid up and lack is not their problem. Amen? We're not orphans. And we shouldn't be hungry. Because there's food everywhere we look. If we'll just partake of it serve we don't always do this but will you stand up with me today before we leave I, what a great example of what we're talking about is Hazel in here go grab her real quick super cool example today you know Timothy says let no one look down on you because of your youth but be an example to the believers in word and indeed. So, Hazel Fox, it's her birthday today. All right? Today is her birthday. And so, her parents told her, we probably are not going to be able to do a party like we normally do for your birthday with all of the things going on. Your friends and families may not want to come out. And so, we're not going to plan a big party this year like we normally do. What would you want to do special? What would you want for your birthday? And Hazel said, I want to give out Bibles for my birthday. And so, uh, Hazel, how many Bibles? Oh, I wish I had a microphone. I do. Give me a microphone. Where's one at? Right here? Lipstick. You want lipstick on your face, Hazel? Use this one then, because this is Jahan's. She eats these things when she sings. Right. Look, how many Bibles did you get so far? You know? A lot. A lot. <laughs> how many Bibles, Dad? 
60, 70 Bibles she's got, and she's giving them away. If any, these are kid Bibles, so if any kid here doesn't have a Bible, this would be a great day to get it because it's her birthday, and she wanted to give out Bibles for her birthday so she can give you one today, okay? And so that'll be awesome. And you know what I told your dad? On Wednesdays, we're going to start bringing a bunch of kids here, bus them here, and we always need Bibles to give them. So will you keep trying to get Bibles together? Awesome. Awesome. So Hazel understands giving is receiving. Serving is getting. And that's what she wants to get for her birthday is to serve. I just want to pray over Hazel. Can we pray over Hazel today? Lord, we thank you for Hazel. We thank you for her heart for you, her love for you, her passion for you. We thank you that just like Timothy said, she is not ashamed of her youth, but she is an example to believers. She's an example to all of us, no matter what our age is. She is an example of someone that has the same mind in them that you had in you. She has a mind to serve. She has a heart to serve. And so, God, we thank you for Hazel. We thank you for her heart. And, God, I pray that you would just increase her passion to love and serve others. And, God, I pray that she would see and continue to taste of the fulfillment that comes to her life when she gives. Lord, I pray that in a world of addiction, she would just become addicted to serving others. Let her get hooked at an early age and let her never be able to come away from it because she feels such a closeness and a nearness to you. And let her center her life with you in serving and giving. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Redemption Life. 